Welcome to another edition of the AA Football Podcast. I'm your host, Austin Artinger. And today, we're going to charge into the world of football. Well, it's good to be talking to all of you. It has been roughly around a month since our last podcast, and... Uh, <laughs> Well, there's there's just been a lot going on. I know you've had some stuff that you've been uh, dealing with on the personal end. Myself trying to find a place to live. I'm currently still homeless. Or, well, I mean, like <clears throat> I live in a, my parents' house right now, but um, I move away in a week. I start at my new store up in Cerritos in one week. I do not have a place to live. Uh, I have a place to stay, kind of here and there. Um, so I'm definitely going to be entering a month that is going to be uh, absolutely crazy. Um, probably not a lot of fun, but also filled with meeting a lot of new people that I am exciting for, um, <clears throat> excited for. But um, but yeah, we've got the NFL preseason back in just two days. Yes, sir. Two days, Andrew. It's so exciting. I I I, that, I realized that I think yesterday, um, and. Yeah, I was just blown away that we already have the Hall of Fame game coming up. And obviously, I mean, it's going to be Kevin Hogan and Brett Ripien and just just boring players. Not that Joe Flacco is that much more exciting uh, for Denver anyways, but... It's still exciting that football's back. And exactly. I will watch the hell out of the Hall of Fame game. Yeah. I have the day off. It's the first, first day off after I leave my current store, like... Yeah, you know I'm going to be doing that on Thursday. It's going to be so exciting. But um, but yeah, so <clears throat> obviously we've been out for a little while. A um, lot of news. We can't catch up on all of it. Yeah. Um, but you know we'll talk about some of the the top things to start with. Um, we'll 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 talk about some of the holdouts. So I think the most intriguing situation is Melvin Gordon and the Chargers uh, situation. I just <clears throat> you know I know we talk about running backs don't matter so much and all that. But, like, of the star running backs in the league, I think Melvin Gordon is probably the least important star or, like, elite status running back. Um, and I would have a really tough time paying him, as, as awful as it is, because Melvin Gordon has been productive. He has earned himself more money uh, than, than he's currently being paid. But uh, from an NFL team perspective, I just don't see any reason to pay him. And I think you can survive with Justin Jackson and Austin Eckler for the rest of the season. I totally agree. I don't think that there's a need to pay him, even though you compare his situation with Zeke, this is the point where you would expect a running back to ask for that extension. He's a year out from a new contract, whereas Zeke is two years out and asking for a new contract. Gordon has done everything right, but the fact remains this team is set up for success with Justin Jackson and Austin Eckler. I'm higher on Jackson than I am on Eckler because I think Eckler is, he excels in his role, whereas Justin Jackson can be that first and second down guy. Eckler is really good at third down and being that guy. The only reason I'm more on Justin Jackson right now is because you can get him in the 15th round, whereas Eckler was already a high, like, ninth round pick, which I did not really yeah. agree with and now i saw him just recently going like the seventh round mm-hmm. and i'm like stop it yeah. did we not learn anything from last year mm-hmm. austin eckler mm-hmm. cannot handle the workhorse role justin jackson looked good in one game basically um again and this against my steelers but um but yeah i mean i think he grows into more more opportunity more work and whatnot also he changed his number which i didn't realize he went from 32 now to 22 with uh, jason barrett vacating the premises so um, 
upgraded number. Nice. Certainly may upgrade his numbers this season. Yeah, I, I, I don't see I don't see any reason to pay Melvin Gordon, which sucks because he's a really yeah. good running back that's yeah. done everything right. Mm-hmm. But at this point, from a team perspective, there's no need to do it. Now, do I think he's going to pull the Le'Veon Bell card? I don't think he's out all year. I think he waits the eight weeks and then he reports and plays out the rest of the season. Um, and maybe it's just PTSD from being a Steelers fan mm. um, and going through the Le'Veon Bell situation, yeah. but I think um, I I could definitely see him holding out the entire year because I mean, he, from his standpoint, um, you know, he thinks he is of of the elite tier and he deserves that money, and the Chargers are not going to think that way. So which side caves first? It's not going to be the Chargers. But the issue is if you do that, he's not at the same point that Le'Veon was as far as franchise tags that have been used. And it's not like he's going to be an unrestricted free agent next year. I believe there is ways out of the contract, though, because even if the fifth-year option was picked up, I want to say that the Chargers would be able to get out of it. Um, I think they can rescind that or something like that. But but, but, the, but I'm saying the franchise tag hasn't even been used. Yeah. So it's not like Gordon's going to get the long-term deal that he wants mm-hmm. by sitting out the whole season. Mm-hmm. Le'Veon knew that if he sat out the entire season... That he, the Steelers were not going yeah, to he, leave. He knew where he yeah. stood. So we'll see. I mean, I'm, I'm still holding out hope that he's going to be there week one. Because I do think the Chargers are a better football team with him there. <clears throat> but we'll see. Um, so another running back holdout, Ezekiel Elliott. Um, one that I'm not as worried about just because if there was to be a running back that would get all that money, I would imagine the Cowboys would be the team to pay him. Um, just with what they think he does for the offense and whatnot. Um, I, I see that, uh, kind of working. So, you know, and, and he's two years out from, from his contract expiring and whatnot. But, um, I mean, you know, he's kind of taking a stand of like, Hey, you know, you you got to pay me now. You know, guarantee me that uh, that stuff. You know, in case I do get injured or anything like that. Um, I just think his leverage is kind of weird because of his incidents, his off the field incidents, his immaturity, a lot of issues that he's His had issues whether, every offseason yeah i mean there's it, whether whether it's as big as um it may seem or whatnot even if they have not always turned out to be completely true and stuff like that um it, it's a little bit of a headache for the cowboys to deal with and i'm yeah. sure that that does kind of factor into you know do you want to pay this guy long term and i mean again like we've seen we've seen Darren McFadden run for a thousand yards in this offense. We've seen Alfred Morris be productive in this offense. Mm-hmm. We've even seen like Joseph Randall, I think was his name, be productive in this offense. Like, uh, and then certainly, obviously, Demarco Murray before, um, way before Elliott. It, it's just with that how good that Cowboys offensive line was. Mm-hmm. And I say was because I mean they, they'll still be good, but I don't they're think they're a top tier yeah. elite unit anymore. Um, yeah, I just I, I think ultimately Dallas pays them anyways, mm-hmm. but um, I don't know. It's it's, it's just it's, it's really still not a good sign that they signed Alfred Morris. Yeah, it's not but... a good sign that Jerry Jones is coming out and saying you don't need a, a a league leading rusher to win a Super Bowl. Those aren't things that are like giving you confidence that he's going to be there week one. Mm-hmm. Now, could he just cave and say, okay, fine, I'm going to play? Sure, he could, but. We'll see. It, it, that situation is completely up in the air. Now, a situation that we're both in agreement on is Michael Thomas's holdout. Talk about a receiver that 
deserves to get paid top receiver money, and he is one of the lowest paid receivers in the league. Yeah, so up until they cut Cameron Meredith yesterday, or was yesterday. that this morning? Was um, yeah. I mean, he's getting paid less than Cameron Meredith. He's getting paid less than Ted Ginn. He's making, I think, $1.02 million yeah. this year. Um, obviously, even heading into his third year, far away from, from you know, two, is, two years away from his, his unrestricted free agent status. Um, yeah, I don't think there's any doubt in my mind that the Saints pay him. Mm-hmm. They pay him what he deserves. Um, he'll be the highest paid receiver in football. They don't really have a reason not to pay him the mm-hmm. $20 million a year. Um, I think currently Odell Beckham at $18.5 million a year is the, the highest paid. Um, Thomas is shooting for $20 million. Um, I, yeah. think, I think Julio joins him there. Um, yeah, I mean, probably whether Julio takes some more team-friendly, you know, yeah. $17 million or whatever a year. Um, obviously, different stages of their career, they're going to get different contracts and stuff. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I think Michael Thomas is going to cash in. I do think it may be like a two- to three-year deal mm-hmm. um, just with the CBA coming up. You want to see what changes and everything. You don't want to get locked into like a five-year deal only to realize that, oh, God, I messed up terribly, you yeah. know. Um, so, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see. But, I mean, certainly he deserves to get paid. He will get paid. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. All right. Um, other holdouts. What uh, – is there anything else? I think there's like one other holdout out there those are the major ones mm-hmm. the the defensive players have reported that said they were going to hold out trent williams with the Redskins oh, yeah. is holding out and it doesn't look it like it's going to change bad blood i mean yeah, yeah. he does he just doesn't want to play for washington yeah 100 so um and who's their backup the giants failed tackle um jesus what was his name Eric Flowers. Yeah. He's like their starter right now, which is a bad situation mm-hmm. um, for, for Dwayne Haskins' owners. or and, and Washington, by the way, they just stopped messing around in training camp right now. They're just they're rotating Case Keenum and Colt McCoy and Dwayne Haskins all getting even first-team reps and stuff like that. Just commit to Haskins, let him start, and let him just go to 16 games. I disagree. And I think we talked Which about we that talked about on the that, last so we're not one, yeah. But I just beat a dead horse. But. Yeah. Um, other things to talk about: um, Tyree Kill. I mean, we, we're not going to spend much time on it. You guys know our thoughts on Tyree Kill, but he somehow miraculously dodged any suspension whatsoever, regardless of the comments he made. The inconsistencies just continue in the NFL. Um, you know, it doesn't matter. Uh, even even if Assuming he's completely innocent, um, you know, I mean, I think Jimmy Smith has received suspensions just mm-hmm. for verbal threats, yeah. which Tyreek Hill clearly made, mm-hmm. um, and that doesn't translate to anything. Um, the only thing that, that might affect is his long-term extension with the Chiefs. But even that, they're still talking. Oh, about. they're still talking. I think you know maybe he doesn't get top receiver in the league money. Like he, yeah. he may get you know three million shaved off of that contract, but like ooh oh he's, no he's still you know get paid yeah. yeah so just absurd uh, basically yeah. in the NFL as long as you didn't smoke weed you're or good. or take um, you gotta have fertility vi- drugs you, you, you or gotta something. have video evidence in order to get suspended I guess yeah but not audio just video yeah um uh yeah giants we need to talk about the giants real quick because i think it's hilarious um the misfortunes that they're having the receivers Um, man yeah like literally their starting receivers are basically the denver broncos cast off receivers from two years ago cody latimer benny fowler the third yep um i think like Britton golden from the 
Cardinals from years ago. He's he's in the rotation. Uh, it makes me really wish that Khalif Raymond was still <laughs> hanging around the Giants roster. He's with the Titans right now, but um, yeah. So Golden Tate suspended four games for uh, basically Which, substance. He, he he's took. appealing. And I don't he think he has a full matter. He thinks he has a case, but I don't. If I think three games, you know, like I don't think that's coming down, regardless of if it's like this fertility yeah. issue drug he took for that reason i don't think the nfl is going to care yeah. on that one regardless of what you did um so because again he didn't hit his wife so um <laughs> four game suspension for golden tate sterling shepherd fractured his thumb yeah. um he's expected to miss some time i think he'll still he's it's hoping to be back by hoping week to one, be back but... by week one I, I still think sterling shepherd's fine i think you should still draft him you know if there is like a discount maybe by one round you can get him in the ninth instead of the eighth I think you can still pick him up and feel good about it. Yeah. Um, Corey Coleman tore his ACL. He's done for the year, so he's not going to be a factor. Um, oh, geez, their uh, sleeper rookie. Um, totally blanking on his name right now. Um, but he's experiencing a hamstring issue right now. Um, but he was kind of an intriguing guy to possibly step up. Um, <laughs> I know it's uh, hilarious. I saw you know people were talking about, like, well, you know, one of Dave Gettleman's best receiver picks was Calvin Benjamin. The initial first year, you know, was a breakout. Everything else since has been a disaster. But, um, you know, do they maybe pick him up to try and save the Giants receiving core? Um, and someone made the point, like, well, when your quarterback is this inaccurate, um, you know, a tall receiver like Calvin Benjamin can help out. And they showed a clip of Daniel, Daniel Jones just sailing this pass wide open tight end in the flat and he just sails it out of bounds i mean it was just atrocious um, well, he was purposely throwing it away but there was no need to there was no reason to he had a wide open receiver in the flats just saying like it's not like he, he it's not like he was aiming bounds. at the tight end and like just missed him it was... i think he was aiming on the tight end two fields over like um <laughs> but anyway so i think the giants have taken the bengal's place uh, they will be the worst team in the league this year um but uh, it'll be exciting. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think they're still going to have some games because, I mean, they still have Saquon. And Saquon can change a game by himself. That, that's just the, the fact of his, of how great he is, he can change a game. I don't know. There's, I happen to remember a Philadelphia game where he had nearly 200 yards and they still lost by over a touchdown. No, for sure. So, <laughs> but again, you're you still play the Redskins twice. We don't know what the Redskins are going to be. Yeah. You, you, you're not going to. Be... Their defense is going to be good enough to keep them. True. So we'll see. Yeah. Like I, said, you, you, I just uh, don't know how you take the Giants' offense and move them down a field and and score points. You have Aldrich Rosas. I guess you get in field goal range, but I just I think that you've got a, a big candidate to be the low scoring offense in the NFL. Even with Saquon Barkley. Well, now, that doesn't necessarily scare me off of Saquon. He's still probably my number three mm-hmm. overall guy. But mm-hmm. like I'm easily taking Kamara and McCaffrey over him. I'm taking McCaffrey. I was taking Zeke over him. Mm-hmm. But obviously that's kind of right. in the air now. I don't like Kamara over him. But that's just me. So Okay. Um, I don't really think there's anything else that we totally need to talk about. I mean, like, we're not going to mention, like, Joe Callahan, like, that level of news, yeah. you know, Josh Johnson turning down the Ravens' the, the, contract. The only other things, I mean, injury-wise, A.J. Damian, Green. Damian Williams. Hamstring? Hamstring injury. Yeah, um, yeah A.J. Green. Well, uh, and Good d- thing to point out d- there. Damian Williams' hamstring injury, and it's 
Daryl Williams dominating touches of the first team offense instead of Carlos Hyde. Also, okay, let's talk about this real quick. Um, just, just people are over. I feel like worse than normal this year. People are overreacting like crazy to things. NFL teams, like I think we give them too much credit sometimes with the things that they do. Right, mm-hmm. Kalen Bellage getting first team snaps, being the first running back on the field in in the drills mm-hmm. for the like past three days or whatever. I, I think that's just kind of like okay, guy, get in there. You know, like I don't think it's it's mm-hmm. so much like okay, this is our pecking order. Kalen Bellage is first, and then we're gonna get Kenyon Drake in, and then Miles Gaskin. Let, let, like, let's see what happens in training in, in, in preseason. That, yeah, that, like, that's what I want to wait for. I agree. There's been a lot more hype. There's been a lot more crazy analytics or not analytics. Not this analytics. Is crazy no. analyzation. Anal- sorry. Yeah. Of everything that's been going on and. There's certain things that you can do. So Damian Williams getting hurt and Daryl Williams over Carlos Hyde. Over Carlos Hyde. There, there's something that okay, well maybe maybe Carlos Hyde isn't the second back. Well, there. And, and Greg Rosenthal, he had an article about like you know potential. You know, it's the article they do every year: potential tra- uh, training camp cut candidates. Mm-hmm. You know, surprise cut candidates. And Carlos Hyde was on the list yeah. as like a you know, hey, he's worn out his welcome on yeah. every team he's played for, mm-hmm. and he's also been a very inefficient running back every. Mm-hmm. Every single season, um, I mean that. Oof, I forget who posted it, um, but I think it may have been Derek Barnett or something like that. Or, but um, or I think that's his name on Twitter. Anyways, um, posted just some gaudy stats about Carlos Hyde versus other running backs on each team he's playing at with San Francisco, Cleveland, yeah. and Jacksonville, and it's just it's not even close. Um, well, and so there's certain things that you can pay attention to in training camp oh, and yeah. take note. So Jarek you need Ma- that steady drum beat. So Jarek McKinnon starting the off season, starting the training camp on pup. Mm-hmm. That's something to take note of because obviously they're filled with running backs. You've got Tevin Coleman, you've got Matt Breida. So yeah, take note of which that. he could come off the pup list as early as Thursday. It was the most recent thing from today, which is fine. But, but I'm, yeah. I'm saying those are the things that okay, let's let's take note of that. I'm a I'm a Jordan Howard truther. Mm-hmm. But coming out and saying Jordan Howard's dominating first-team first touches doesn't do much for me because the rookie they drafted has a hamstring issue. So, of course, he's yeah. not going to be getting the same number of touches. I saw, you're going to get mad, I saw, like, uh, uh, Jordan Howard and Darren Sproles drop back-to-back passes on, like, you know, reps today or whatever. Uh, I mean, again, that's what? two plays and, and, out and of an entire camp, you, but it was yeah. just kind of funny. And, and you're going to feed the narrative. So the narrative is Jordan Howard can't catch the ball. Jordan Howard isn't a three-down back. Yeah. Okay, so feed the narrative. That's fine. You dropped a pass. Good for you guys. So, again, Damian Williams got hurt. A.J. Green um, had some fractured uh, ligaments, bone, ligaments in, in his, his ankle. ankle, yeah. So he's out six to eight weeks. Which, yeah, I mean, like, I think the team was originally, like, four to six. But I think most people are saying, like, six to eight weeks. I don't think he'll be ready by the start of the season. And I think that it's honestly up in the air on if A.J. Green ever returns to any type of elite receiver status. I think he's out of that tier now. I, I don't yeah, think I, he's I think, ever going to get back I think there. he was out of it before the injury. I, mean, I, I, enough, I think he yeah. was very fringe, like... If you want to give him an honorable mention on being in that top tier, but the league has so many top tier receivers now. Well, that too, yeah. So it was he was already on that like wide receiver two list mm-hmm. because the wide receiver ones are such an elite class. Yeah. So, but like I don't know if AJ Green ever exceeds eight hundred yards again. 
I don't know if that's too bold. I think it's possible just because of it's it's such a passing league. So I just think from an injury perspective, I don't yeah, think no, he whole, ever... again, and you can't you can't say if a guy's going to stay yeah. healthy or not. But yeah. I I agree. We'll, we'll we'll see. We'll see what happens with AJ Green. Um, I don't think it affects Tyler Boyd's stock as much as people are. Yeah, people have been saying like that that three game sample size, which I don't even think all the games are with Andy Dalton. And that's that's the yeah. issue. So so it's like, well, of course his production went down with um, when you lose your quarterback and your receiver. Of course, production's going to go down. Jeff Driscoll at yeah. quarterback, you know. Um, <laughs> but I think I think Boyd's talent is there now. Please, people. Don't drive his ADP up beyond the fifth round where it's at because yeah. I, I think it's appropriately valued, even mm-hmm. with this injury. I don't think that taking the wide receiver one on one of the worst offenses in the NFL is going to net you. The, like a, yeah, that's, like, that's down multiple offensive linemen, so your quarterback yeah. can't get protected anyways. Billy Price retired. Yeah. Uh, their left tackle, Jonah Williams, is out for the year. Yep. Um, they brought back that one tackle that always seems to end up on the team. Their former mm-hmm. bust first rounder, Andre Smith, that was yep. his name. So they brought him back, but it's like, ooh, well, yeah. What did he just do for? I think when Minnesota, I think was the last mm-hmm. team he played on. Like he's he's not good. Yeah. Just because there's familiarity doesn't mean that's good. Um. Yeah. So so that'll be an interesting situation, um, to uh, to monitor and whatnot going forward. I think that's, for the most part, pretty much everything we want to talk about. Um, Theo Riddick, I guess, could get a little honor, honorable mention, but a bidding war between Denver and New Orleans. Yeah, um, <clears throat> He's good at the role that mm-hmm. he performs, and I don't want to see him go to Denver. Neither do I. Just because, I mean, unless it's straight up like, okay, they're finally killing off Devontae Booker and he's gone. Um, but if it eats into what Philip Lindsay might be able to do, um, you know, limiting his passing game work, uh, that would be quite annoying. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, also, Corey Grant is the uh, Packers' new starting running back. So, um, really happy to see that. Uh, really feel bad about Aaron Jones as I really mm-hmm. liked him. But Corey Grant's on an NFL team now. So, one that might actually appropriately use him. And goodbye to Jonathan Williams and Dexter Williams. Who's Jonathan Williams? Jamal Williams? Jamal Williams, sorry. (laughs) Jonathan Williams was another really bad running back that played for, what, the Bills, I think? Yes. No, I I, I know you're being facetious. Yeah. But, But, well, legitimately, though, I think Corey Corey Grant... Corey Grant will have a role. Yeah, he could potentially eat into Aaron Jones' passing game workload Mm -hmm. a little bit. Um, Which isn't a bad thing, because Aaron Aaron Jones has... Injury history and stuff like that. And, again, he's not Jamal Williams, who's just so boring to watch. Mm -hmm. Like... And, you know, Dexter Williams is what, a late rookie. Like, it, it's so up in the air with, with, what with we see. With some solid pass-catching ability. Yeah, so, I mean, but like, again, like, how was he going to pick up? Like, yeah. Corey Grant spent years in the league. He mm-hmm. kind of knows how this stuff works. Even though he's never really been fully utilized, we've mm-hmm. seen what he's been able to do in flashes. Yeah. Either on fake punts or taking down the Patriots in the AFC Championship game only to be inexplicably taken out in the second half and not used uh, yeah. outside of one snap. You gotta let that go. Yeah. There's a lot of things I need to let go, buddy. Um, all right. Let's talk about our Scott Fishbowl teams. Yes, sir. It uh, happened a month ago, basically. I think the last draft finished up probably two weeks ago. Ours were definitely in the faster um, drafts. But, um, but you know, we, we've been planning on doing this for weeks. It's just been so crazy trying to schedule uh, and get things going. 
Um, I've been working close to 40 hours a week. You're dealing with your stuff and, mm-hmm. and all that. But um, so, yeah. So interesting. So we, we, we drafted from opposite ends of the draft. Yes. So I got the third pick. And I had the 10th pick. So we were so, literally 10s and 3s. 10s yes, and 3s. Exactly. So <laughs> so I mean, we just go down the list. So first round pick, um, Saquon fell to me at 3. So mm-hmm. going into the draft, I wanted McCaffrey. I feel like McCaffrey is just a beast. Um, especially, Cam, I'm more excited about him now seeing that Cam's shoulder looks like it's going to be okay based on the videos we've seen out of training camp. Yeah. But Saquon was there, so took him. McCaffrey and Barkley went first and second in my in my draft. So also we should we should back up just a smidge here for those of you that don't know what the Scott Fish Bowl is. Um, Scott Fish is this amazing human being who um, I mean has been in the fantasy football community since the beginning of the internet. Basically, um, he's the one who's really pioneered a lot of crazy scoring leagues you know kind of getting us away from that awful boring standard which is no longer standard finally we're in mm-hmm. an era where most of the major platforms have switched to ppr um although i did see someone complaining about espn like their headline fantasy like post on the website was like a 10 team standard mock draft with their analysts and it's yeah. like who's tuning in to see that no one nobody nobody cares to see that it does not provide any useful information when so many of us are playing in, you know, PPR, tight end premium, super flex, points per carry leagues. Like, like I, I mean, I'm so excited for, for our fantasy within the fantasy. I, I tweaked some scoring stuff. We're going five flex positions, only one running back, one receiver, one tight end starting. It's going to be so crazy. But anyways, Scott Fishbowl this year, um, I believe it is um, – what is what, half point PPR and then full point and then for... full point for tight ends and then you get crazy scoring bonuses because it's like a video game theme this year so um, if you get 50 yards it's like five points mm-hmm. if you get uh, um, basically yeah every increment of 50 yards is like five points and there's like a ton of bonuses and whatnot um, 300 yards passing I believe gets you a five point bonus. Yep. Um, so all sorts of stuff like that. So like Christian McCaffrey, right? He could have a game where maybe you get 15 points of bonuses because he had 100 yards rushing and 50 receiving or 100 receiving and 50 rushing. Or 100 and 100 and you get 20 100 and 100 you get 20 points of a bonus, you know? Mm -hmm. So um, certainly Christian McCaffrey, I feel like, was a very popular 101 in this format Um, or like Alvin Kamara. I mean, the regular guys that you see, a lot of the ADP is still very similar um, it is super flex, so you did see quarterbacks go a little bit earlier and whatnot. Um, so yeah, so you took Saquon Barkley at 103. At 110, or 110, sorry. Nice. At 110, um, and again, this is a free league. There are 1,500 mm-hmm. people in the league this year. So 1,200. 1,200? Yeah. I thought it went to 1,500. 1,200. Okay. So it went from 900 to 1,200 then. Um and, uh, I mean, like, when I first caught word of the Scott Fishbowl, it was at, like, 480 people. So, I mean, this thing is, is just nearly tripled in, like, four years. So, mm-hmm. um, anyways, uh, both of us in as analysts, by the way, for yep. the AA Football Podcast. So, that was really cool. Um, but, yeah, so Le'Veon Bell, I went with him at 110. He was the RB7. Running backs flew off the board in the first round. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I came back around uh, at 203 and was very happy to get George Kittle. That's the tight end three. Um, this kind of fell into the medium range of where he was being drafted because obviously, um, I mean, K- 
Kittle's pretty much a second round pick in almost any league that you do. He has mm. fallen to the third, but in tight end premium, it's hard to see him not go, you know, end of the first round. People usually yeah. like to hit him on the turn. So 203, I was really happy to get him. And uh, where did you go at the end of the second round? Yeah, so I, t- I took Mike Evans at okay. 210. So I think he has a great opportunity to be top five wide receiver this year, right mm-hmm. in that Hopkins, Adams, Julio range, really. Um, so win, win him at, um, at 210. And then 303, I, I took my first quarterback. I'm not one to take quarterbacks early. It's but, super flex, and it, it, it's kind of a different thing here. And, and, and I have Matt Ryan ranged extremely high. Mm. Um, I mean, well, you, could, you think he could finish as the league's leading yeah, passer. So, I think so he's certainly, Watson, if you're betting in Vegas, I think he's a very good... Uh, yeah, so odd. Watson and Mahomes had just gone. Felt a quarterback run was coming, so took Matt Ryan at 303. Feel great about it. I, I think he could be the QB1 this year. Um, right now, him and Mahomes are my 1A, 1B. I mean, and I've talked crap on Mahomes enough on this podcast, um, but I think with his regression, I think Matt Ryan has a definite opportunity to to surpass him, especially with more games in a dome this season. I'm, I'm liking Matt Ryan's opportunities this year. So, took him at 303. Yeah, so I also took a quarterback in the end of the third round here, uh, and I went with the QB7 off the board. I took Russell Wilson. Um, you know, obviously with his offense, there are some possible caps to his, his ceiling. But mm-hmm. in this format, especially with his running capabilities, still get those bonuses, those yardage bonuses. I definitely went for mobile quarterbacks um, uh, basically across the board with everyone that I drafted at that position. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I liked Russell Wilson there at QB7. thought that was fine value. And, uh, and especially with this, because there's so much crazy variation in the way that, you know, some drafts, running backs fly off the board, others tight end gets attacked, quarterback gets attacked. Um, you really got to go more off of positional value yeah. than the actual ADP itself. Yeah. But, um, but, yeah, so I was happy with that. Came around uh, the turn, and at 4.03, I took my first wide receiver. Got Stefan Diggs outside of wide receiver one status. I got him at wide receiver 13. I think that's excellent, and I do kind of like Diggs a little more than Thielen this year, yep. uh, even though Thielen's going almost a round ahead of him, which mm-hmm. I don't quite get. So loved getting him at 4.03, uh, wide receiver 13. That'll work. Um, so end of the fourth round, um... I was thrilled to have Aaron Jones fall to me as the RB19. Um, so at 410, took Aaron Jones as my second running back to go with Saquon. Um, I'm high on Aaron Jones this year. I think he's going to do really well. I don't like drafting Packers, but I liked him last year, um, and I think this new coaching staff will hopefully use him, and I know Rodgers likes him, so I'm liking where that fell. And then with the threat of suspension still up in the air at 503, I did take Tyreek Hill. Um, which in the fifth round obviously has great value considering that he's going in late early second round now in drafts. So, yeah. Um, well, in the fifth round, I took my most known player. I have him just about everywhere. And I got him at RB24, basically an RB3. And I think he gets put up RB1 production. And that's Philip Lindsay. The Denver running back that's just been being hated on all year for mm-hmm. absolutely no reason. Um, so, yeah, 5'10", RB24, took Philip Lindsay. And then I came around the turn and I got my second quarterback, also outside at QB1 range at this point. QB13, I took Dak Prescott. A little bit more of a nice floor, but again, still has the running upside and, you know, it has the passing upside with their receiving core being decent and whatnot. 
Um, so yeah, Dak Prescott at six oh three was my second quarterback. Felt good about a Russell Wilson Dak Prescott combo. Um, uh, last year I went with a Marcus Mariota in the third round, and then got lucky with Patrick Mahomes falling to the sixth round uh, as like the QB eighteen or some ridiculous mm-hmm. number like that. But obviously, I don't think either one of these quarterbacks is gonna you know vault to what Mahomes did last year, and that kept me as a top one hundred team all year. Um, but I feel more stable with my quarterback situation here, uh, gotcha. just with those two guys. So into the sixth round, I also took the QB thirteen, Dak Prescott, <laughs> in, in my draft. So yeah, nice. Um, at six ten, and then at seven oh three, I took Vance McDonald as the tight end seven. I have him pegged as almost a tight end four. I mean, I, I think he's right there after the Kittle, Ertz, and Kelsey group. Um, I could see him coming up with a ton of catches this year. Um, no Antonio Brown. Those 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 targets have to go somewhere. Moncrief went down in, with an injury today. I thought he came back in a few plays later. I said he was done for the day. Oh, but okay. I could be wrong. So no, I love Vance McDonald. I, I've taken him in multiple leagues, dynasties, best yeah. balls. I think he's going to do really well. So I love that pick. I love Vance yeah. McDonald there. Um, only reason I probably didn't go for him was um, a, tar- a tight end I was targeting a little later, and then plus having Kittle already in the second round. Didn't feel the need to, to grab one of those middle, like, you know, tight end one guys. Yep. Um, so, in the seventh round, I took my second wide receiver. One that I think has a ton of upside, and I feel like I reached a little earlier, potentially. I mean, well, not now, because now he's going in the sixth round. Mm-hmm. But, you know, this, again, a, form, a super flex format. There's going to be players that fall a little bit. So, as a wide receiver three, uh, wide receiver 25 overall, Dante Pettis. The San Francisco 49ers number one wide receiver. Got him at 7'10", and mm-hmm. I felt great about it. Uh, and then I turned the corner, and um, again, with, with a league like this, with so many people in the league, you got to tell a story and kind of pro- project your year, right? So I'm drafting kind of a situation that I think falls into play. It could be wrong. Again, there's no stakes if I lose this league or anything. Like that. There's no monetary investment. Um, but if it booms, it means everything. So I went and I took Daryl Henderson. I took the Los Angeles Rams running back that they drafted. They traded up to get. I took him at RB30. So right in the middle of the RB3 range. And I think he could certainly return um, maybe not quite RB1 value because I do think Malcolm Brown um, factors in more than, than people think. I mean, I saw a Yahoo analyst today say that they thought Malcolm Brown could receive 35% of the touches, which I thought was well. maybe a little much. But um so nonetheless, at RB30, assuming Todd Gurley is basically dead this year, Daryl Henderson in the eighth round is an excellent pickup. That'll work. So 810 and 903, I went two more running backs. Um, RB31 and 33 with Darius Geis and Jordan Howard. Um, Geis is just a guy that I, I like, and I, I hope he succeeds this year. I hope he can stay healthy. Um, and then Jordan Howard, anybody that's listening to the podcast, I, I think he's a top back in the league. I think he didn't get any of the hype because he came into the league the same year as Zeke. He's third in rushing since he's been in the league between behind Zeke and Gurley. Um, and and I, I just love what he can bring to the table for that Eagles offense. I think that Eagles offense is going to be solid. And I think he can score 10 or more touchdowns this year. So, okay. Well, yeah. So um, I took a wide receiver in the ninth round, end of the ninth round. And it was like, 
this player has been steadily hyped up all season, right? And his ADP is climbing and it's climbing. I mean, I've taken him in the eighth round most recently um, in a few different places, and I'm definitely building more shares of him. Um, but I was lucky enough to get him at wide receiver 35 right before the hype just blew up. Nice. I think that was right before maybe reception perception came out when, when Harmon released his numbers there. Um, but I got Curtis Samuel, Carolina Panthers wide receiver at 910. Um, Samuel getting a ton of hype. I do still like DJ Moore quite a bit. Yeah. But I have like one share of DJ Moore and I think about four or five shares of Curtis Samuel because Samuel can get in the eighth round now. Mm-hmm. Um, DJ Moore still a fourth round price tag. And that has climbed. He was a fifth rounder. Pretty yeah. solid. Now he's like right in that Chris Godwin territory and I just don't see that much of a difference between mm-hmm. Samuel and Moore this year, and I really think Samuel could even lead in uh, in fantasy points. I think that could be a huge upset. Um, it was such a massive difference in ADP. So Curtis Samuel is my wide receiver three. High upside wide receivers with Diggs, Pettis, and Curtis Samuel so far in the first nine rounds. Uh, and then I came around, got my second tight end, a tight end that I love this year, who I think easily is a tight end one. And I got him at tight end 14 outside of that tight end one range. And that was Mark Andrews at 10.03, the Baltimore Ravens tight end. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I love that value as my second tight end there. I waited. Tight end started to go and whatnot. Um, but I already had Kittle, so I knew that I was still looking for a high upside guy, yeah. but one I could definitely steal a lot later. Gotcha. So at 10.10, I went on Derek Carr. Took my third quarterback a little earlier than I would have liked, but he was QB 27. And really the last of the guys remaining that I would feel comfortable starting in a bye week type of thing. Um, and then at 11.03, I went with Kiki Kuti at um, wide receiver 45. Um, super high on him. I think he's going to do really well in that offense. And you get him a couple rounds later than Will Fuller. So it was an easy call for me. Yeah. Um, wide receivers were going a smidge slower in my league. So at 11.10, I took the wide receiver 43. Um, probably arguably your most owned player i think one of them one of certainly Um, i took marquez valdez scantling um i never seem to be able to get him even in the leagues i'm not drafting with you um he always seems to get sniped around earlier than i think he should go um so i was ecstatic to get him all the way down at 11 10 um and at wide receiver 43 i mean we're talking wide receiver four territory Mm -hmm. and i mean as the wide receiver two in the packers offense i think that being completely stable um, I don't think there's really any question of it. People still ludicrously are drafting Geronimo Allison before him still. I don't get that at all. Um, I mean, that that's just, again, the high upside receivers yeah. that I was able to get and not looking to really draft receivers. Mm-hmm. I, I loved it, um, at least you know early and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so then I rounded around, probably reached a little bit on a guy that I like um, to get my third tight end, uh, this time at 12.03, the tight end 18. I took Noah Fant in Denver. Um, You know, I I know rookie tight ends, you usually want to stay away from them, and I've definitely gotten bit, you know, Gasecki last year, I think I took in the Scott Fishbowl and a lot of other places, but um, Denver's going to need to throw. Joe Flacco likes his tight ends, um, and and Noah Fant profiles to be a really good vertical threat, even if he's not taking all the snaps necessarily due to maybe blocking and where he needs to grow there as a player but i still think he with his athletic profile his first round status he gets on the field and he produces well um at tight end 18 you know probably ends around that range but as a third tight end in a tight end premium league Mm -hmm. as a vertical threat and whatnot i I, I thought Noah fan was a, a nice pick there yep 
So, um, 12-10 and 13 of the year, I took wide receiver 55 and 56. Went Josh Gordon and Jamison Crowder. Um, Gordon, I, I... If he's not suspended. I mean, right now he's still suspended. He, he's arguably one of the best receivers in the league. Will he play? Maybe, maybe not. But with the, the void in New England with Gronkowski gone, I felt he was worth the risk. Jamison Crowder, I... I Fall in love with him every year. Fall in love with the opportunity every year. He just went down with, down with injury today. Apparently getting, getting an, an MRI. MRI yeah, yeah. So we'll see. Um, but again, he's my... Those are my fourth and fifth wide receivers. So, mm-hmm. you know, guys that, I was, that I'm hoping can show up, but... Yeah, we'll see. I... There's a lot of questions I'm going to have for you in the in the back half of the draft. Because, um, you know, I mean, I was keeping up. Fa- Shout out to Fantasy ADHD on Twitter, Josh ADHD. Um, I mean, every year. He always has the best, like, best ball trackers of ADP, all the best graphics that you can imagine, mm-hmm. player comparisons, stuff like that. And he built a whole tool for the Scott Fishbowl. Everybody was using it. That's what we're currently using right now to uh, to look at, you know, all, all the picks and whatnot. Um, that we made and, and, you know, comparing, okay, what was the rest of the league doing? You got 75 other drafts going, mm-hmm. you know, am I drafting this player too high? Am I getting great value because everyone else drafted this player? You know, it's how I was able to see, you know, last year, um, getting Mahomes, I think like the sixth latest out of the entire Scott Fishbowl. I mean, it was, it was excellent. Um, <clears throat> I thought you reached a little early on guys like Josh Gordon and Jamison Crowder. Um, Crowder ended up being someone I drafted, but a few rounds later, um, Gordon, I mean, there's just so much uncertainty. I get the pick. I get justifying the pick there. Um, as wide receiver four, I think that's a bit rich for me, though. Um, and, and wide receiver 55, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> but um, so anyways, um, at 13-10, I took a guy um, that I've been picking up in a lot of places just because I do not believe in the back that is in front of him. And that was Alexander Madison. Uh, got him at RB51, the 13-10, you know, so... Uh, again, kind of telling my story, um, my, my team really reliant on a lot of top running backs going down. So if Todd Gurley dies, Daryl Henderson at eight, in the eighth round. If uh, When Dalvin Cook dies, Alexander Madison in the 13th mm-hmm. round. And then later we'll talk about another running back I picked up. But uh, And then I took my last quarterback, my QB3. Um, I with with Russell Wilson and Dak Prescott, I wasn't really concerned with getting like a super good QB three to fill in. Um, one I definitely won't need uh, with the with bye weeks and whatnot um, until later in the season. Um, so in the, at fourteen oh three, the QB thirty, I took Dwayne Haskins. I, again, I think he's going to be ultimately the sixteen game starter for Washington as long as he stays healthy. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm sure he'll have games and whatnot um, as they develop that receiver core. I mean, it's a huge up in the air as to who's actually going to be mm-hmm. um, the starters. I mean, the, the whole entire depth chart is up in the air, unlike almost any team except for the Giants right now. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but yeah, so I, I like taking Haskins there in the 14th, not having to really worry about it. Okay. Um, 14-10, I went with the tight end 22, Jimmy Graham. Um Feel like he has some upside. Feel like he might play with a chip on his shoulder. He could be nothing. Um, yeah, we went in different directions on that one. But I, I do feel like he's um, worth it in the 14th. And then um, news broke of Melvin Gordon's holdout. That was during then. Yep. Okay, because I was I was like, ooh man, you got great value on that. Yeah. So took um, Justin Jackson at 15:03, and this is when guys like. The Podfather are saying Austin Eckler's the guy. Justin Jackson shouldn't be touched. He's undersized and everything else. 
I'm a Justin Jackson believer. So at 1503, um, I took my last running back. He's my fifth running back, RB55. Yeah, you only took five running backs in a 22 round draft. Yeah. So and I also went light. Yeah. So, yeah. So that, that was that was where I found the value, and um, I I feel like if Melvin Gordon's out, Justin Jackson's the guy. So yeah. All right. Well, I love the wide receivers I took right here at 1510. And 1603, the wide receiver 62 and the wide receiver 66. I took Traquan Smith, New Orleans Saints, number two wide receiver. I think there's just massive upside again. This is my fifth receiver off the board, and I just think there's like all the upside in the world uh, for Traquan in year two. Uh, and then 1603, three rounds later than you, I took Jamison Crowder as the wide receiver 66. Now that was only wide 10 wide receiver spots lower, Mm -hmm. uh, which, I mean, is almost an entire uh, round of of wide receivers. So, I mean, um, I I think that's really great value. I think I was one of the later ones on Crowder, um, was able to get him there. Um, But, uh, but yeah, that same kind of reasons as you. He sucks me in every year, and Mm -hmm. hopefully he's not hurt as bad as he may be. Okay. Um, 1610 and 1703, um, I went Keelan Cole and Danny Amendola's wide receiver 71 and 74. Um, I think Keelan Cole can fill that Alshon Jeffrey type of role for Nick Foles. Um, I think he's going to be... Isn't Keelan Cole like 5'11"? I don't recall him being very big. No, but I'm saying consistent, not... Sorry, Alshon Jeffrey more... Aguilar? No, moving the chain. So Alshon Jeffrey was Foles' go-to guy. I'm not talking about size. I'm not talking about jump balls. Okay, ta- Keelan Cole's actually 6'1", so, 194. But I'm saying he, he's a possession guy and sure-handed. So I like his opportunity there with Foles, upgraded quarterback. Keelan Cole had flashes last year. Um, and then Danny Amendola, I know you're not going to like the pick at 1703. Nope, Despise it, actually. But Matthew Stafford likes to throw to a slot guy. Amendola has some rapport with the coaching staff some, since Patricia was in New England. Yeah, they spent a lot of time on the sideline together. And Amendola got got paid to go to Detroit. I think he's going to have a role. I like his opportunity there. So as the wide receiver, 74, I have no problem with him there. I, I hate to hate on a guy in the 17th round, but like I feel like with Amendola, he was someone you could have gotten three rounds later, like 20 receiver spots later. I don't maybe, but know too many people that are drafting Danny Amendola. But, but again, it's all about our own personal valuations. So I, I have him rated higher than some people would. and I could be wrong or could be right, but at 17th round is my seventh receiver. Yeah. Even if I'm wrong, it's not going to make or break my my team in this league. True. Now, while I did end up taking six total running backs, really it's kind of like five because, again, assuming death of Todd Gurley, I, I backed up the entire situation. So at RB67 at 1710, I took running back Malcolm Brown, also of the Rams. Um, so I do think that you know him and Henderson split touches in the event Todd Gurley just doesn't exist anymore. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, so... That is uh, that is what I did at seventeen ten, and then in, in the eighteenth round, um, one of my favorite picks I think could be a total steal at wide receiver seventy six. I took Deontay Johnson, the Pittsburgh Steelers wide receiver. So that's two receiver spots later than you got Amendola, um, one round later. And I think honestly, Deontay Johnson. I mean, again, there's still a scenario where he ends up as a number two wide receiver, not right off the bat, not at the beginning of the season, but. You know, come week six or something like that, you could have the Steelers' number two receiver in the 18th round. 
I will say Amandola outscores him in fantasy football this year. Bet? Yeah, I'll bet that. Okay. Um, I'll do 15. Sure. 15 bucks? Cool. We'll, uh, we'll write that one down. Our regular 13 games played. Thing. Yeah. Cool. Um, Deontay Johnson over Danny Amandola. I feel great about that. Um, all right. So. So 1810. Um, I went with my wide receiver 83, Josh Doxson. Basically just thinking somebody has to catch the ball in Washington. Um, a guy that's really underperformed. Um, yeah, such high but, hopes, but, man. But physical attributes he, he brings to the table. Here's hoping. Um, in 1903, I took a guy that I've taken a lot. Um, don't feel great about him as I did earlier in drafts. I mean, um, but at this range. At the tight end like 31, yeah. I took Jesse James. Um, more of a blocking tight end, but the thing mm. is... That, that's what he's there for right now. It's everything out of Detroit is he's there to block. Because um, obviously they drafted block TJ Hawkinson from ascending to tight end one status. So, so they drafted Hawkinson, um, but Jesse James still got paid to come there. Um, Stafford likes his tight ends. I mean, does he? He does. Just because Ebron didn't perform didn't mean that Stafford didn't look for him. Is that a thing? I've never. I don't really think I've ever associated Matthew Stafford with like. Stafford likes to throw the ball, so if Jesse James I mean, yeah, can get open, just... then he's gonna catch the ball. Yeah. So I, I like Jesse James. I liked him in Pittsburgh, um, but again, at the tight end thirty-one, uh, I'm perfectly fine yeah, with the value there. Yeah. Um. All right. So in the nineteenth round, reached a smidge higher than you did here for this player, but one of my most owned players. You knew I had to do it. Took another Green Bay Packers wide receiver, one Equinemius St. Brown as the wide receiver 86 at 19-10. And then to complete my all starting running backs will die strategy, um, <laughs> I took uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars starting running back Alfred Blue at RB73 at 20-03. Um, tell me Leonard Fournette's going to play more than 10 games. Sure. <laughs> um, and I don't believe in uh, Ryquel Armstead, who's mm. also just kind of a plotter guy. Again, Alfred Blue is average. I don't like him as a player, but he is like the, the perfect backup running back that if you just need a guy to throw out on the field, if running backs don't matter type of player that knows his role and can yeah. just do everything okay, Alfred Blue. <laughs> yeah, so at 2010, I, I also took Equinemius St. Brown at wide receiver 94, as you so like to mention, uh, almost a round later of receivers than well, you took him. Half a round, six spots. What was it? I thought he was 86 for you. Yeah, 86 to 94. So eight, eight players. Okay, I'm sorry. My so. math is bad. I was never good at math. <laughs> and then at 2103, um, I love this pick yeah. in, in yeah. Cameron Braid as the tight end 36. Um, he still has some good rapport with Jameis Winston. I, I'm not thinking he's going to be great all season, but an injury to Howard... Or depending on that, we see some two tight end sets, some goal line looks. He, he he's got value there in, in a pass happy offense. Six touchdowns yeah. on twenty two receptions. And and, and, like and if yeah. an OJ Howard injury does happen, Cameron Bray yeah. becomes a tight end one overnight. Yeah, yeah, low end tight end one, maybe high end tight end two. Yeah. definitely. So uh, at twenty one ten, you'll like this pick. I uh, took a wide receiver slash running back. Uh, took Cordero Patterson, Chicago Bears player, wide receiver one hundred one. Is he um, only wide receiver eligible? He's only wide receiver eligible, but um, I mean, again, I think there's multiple flex formats here. He probably doesn't really crack the lineup with the strong receiving core. I mean, he's my ninth wide receiver mm-hmm. drafted. 
Um, but, I mean, at the end of the 21st, thought he was a fun player with, you know, a high upside week you could just throw in, um, you know, if you felt really good about the floor that your players would have that week. Um, and then at 2203, um, if this pick works out, it means your 14th round pick didn't. I took tight end 40 rookie Jace Sternberger, the Green Bay Packers tight end. Um, I'm not really a believer in Jimmy Graham this season. I have zero shares. I, I don't have much faith that he'll do anything. Again, another rookie tight end here. I, I mean, who's to say Sternberger does anything? They could just roll out four wide receivers, mm-hmm. which kind of backpacks into your also 22nd round pick of a Green Bay player. Yeah, so I took Jake Kumaro. I mean, he had a outstanding good pre- game, right? Outstanding preseason, right, preseason last year, yeah. and then got hurt. But I mean, it's a guy that Rodgers likes. Um, so, so the funny thing about this draft is, I really hope that I'm wrong in, in taking St. Brown and Kumaro because I'm all MVS in almost yeah. every league. So, yeah. you know, um, I, I I personally don't mind the Jordan Miles and hype because he's going to be lining up in the slot most likely, and, and the number three wide receiver can be supported in that offense. With Rogers, so, um, but no, I mean it's. I feel really good about my team. Um, rate my league, released a garbage uh, list. You just think that because no, I mean I don't really high. care. I have no way. But but no, I mean it, there's it no just, It's more more just fun. They just yeah. They just looked at each each division and each conference and ranked everybody. And I got 13th out of 60 in my conference. I'm apparently 60 out of 60 yeah. in my conference, which and, and is again, hilarious. And again, these rankings mean nothing. It's just more of a fun thing. There's a guy on Twitter that's going to be ranking all the teams. Yeah, which he did that last year. Yeah. And he was, I mean, at least with my team, he was pretty spot on last year. Yeah. He had me as, I think, like the 56th best team. And I think I finished like right around 100. So, yeah. um, so, so it's stuff yeah. like that. It's just fun. To... I mean, his... The way he rates, I mean, his his point system, I mean, it doesn't. There, there's, it's all completely subjective, but it's fun. Yeah, like he no, wasn't. No rookie is getting rated high at all. It's all uh, like, so we'll see. He he didn't. He wasn't in the Scott Fishbowl last year. Gotcha. I think. Oh God, his name's. I have his Taylor. Name. No, I don't think it's Taylor. Um, but but anyways, Tyler. I mean, he he wasn't in the Scott Fishbowl last year. Um, it was something he did as just to. Just to participate, you know, again, it's a community thing, uh, and it's it's a lot of fun. But, um, but yeah, uh, Tyler Belowski is his name. Um, you can hit him up at, at Tyler Belowski, B-E-L-A-W-S-K-E. But, um, but yeah, so, um, so that was a lot of fun there. Scott Fishbowl, always a fun time to participate. I'm sure your group was fun to chat with. Uh, my group wasn't actually uh, that talkative of a group. I mean, certainly our dynasty football chats have been a lot more active than uh, than my group happened to be with the Scott Fishbowl. I was upset with the division that I got placed in, having absolutely no connection to Doctor Robotnik from the the Sega the Sonic games. I never played him. I mm-hmm. could care less. I was wanting to be in the tracer division for overwatch because i mean she's like my second main character one of my main characters aloy from horizon zero dawn was someone i tried to get in but ultimately didn't make it through the process and stuff like that so Mm -hmm. yeah just a random division with uh, a lot of people i hadn't really heard of um and unfortunately we just didn't really all communicate that much Uh, your group was pretty active though i thought right super active yeah they talked a lot um so it's good and i'm so happy um if anything like, the Scott Fishbowl, it's an exciting thing to be in. Um, I'm, I'm proud to be in it as an analyst. This is my third year. 
but I was more excited that you were in it this year for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think your first time especially is, is like the most exciting um, experience with Scott Fishbowl. So um, hoping that we do well. Um, you know, if you win, you do get a number of different prizes, subscriptions to all sorts of different fantasy outlets. Uh, and you know, I think there's a little bit of cash prizes that usually people bucks. donate. Oh, okay, that's actually more than I think last year was only like 250. So, um, yeah, that's exciting. Uh, about how many drafts are you up to? I don't talk dude? about it. <laughs> well, this is a fantasy podcast, so you got to tell me exactly what we're talking about. Are we talking about? I'm just talking MFLs about. I'm or... talking about all your best balls, all your dynasty leagues, your projected redraft leagues, all of that. Right around 40. Okay. Whew. I am around 21, I believe, and I'm sure there'll be an uh, Apple League or two um, that, that I'll be included in. All depends. I mean, I'm sure in my new store, with the amount of people that work there, um, there will there will be at least somebody uh, who, who puts together a fantasy league, and I'm sure I'll get into it, um, and hopefully take all of my coworkers' money, uh, much like I plan to do with the Temecula Apple League that I'll be a part of this year that I unfortunately missed out on last year nice. with the timing. I, I, it was funny because I ended up just providing fantasy advice for everybody yeah. in a completely non-biased uh, format and stuff. But um, yeah, as far as the future of this podcast, it will certainly still exist. It will certainly still be around, but um, it's a little up in the air on on how consistent we're going to be you know i'm i'm going to be bouncing around from from place to place and i'm going to try and take my gear but um depending on the places i'm staying at it may not be wise to carry around a three thousand dollar computer and thousand dollar ipad and all the other apple stuff that i have mm-hmm. um so so there may be some times where we're not able to podcast i know you're going to be getting the microphone here um, so that we are able to to use like Zencaster or whatever. It's like uh, yeah. what we brought Matt Harmon on. Which, by the way, yesterday no today is the two year anniversary of Matt Harmon nice. um, coming on to our podcast and uh, essentially killing it for a year and a half. <laughs> yeah, no, but, uh, but yeah, my my hope is. I mean, obviously, I think the next few weeks are going to be kind of dead zone. Which for again, us. it's preseason, so are we really missing that much? Probably not. Yeah, so I think something that, um, you know, I'll, I'll throw it out there, but um, we're going to be doing a, a road trip to Laughlin, and maybe we'll do a road trip podcast, and we'll do some predictions yes. and some different things yes. on the way up, and just um, give you guys some of our... Well, actually, 100% we'll be doing a podcast, because that's week one. Yeah, yeah. So, but, <laughs> so. but, but we're going to do some different things, and maybe we'll split up some things for that podcast, do, do our prediction show, mm-hmm. do a week one predictions, do the season-long yeah. prediction, so... What I'm what I'm most excited for is I do think ultimately once I get a place, once I am squared away with my living situation and it's a place that I know I can lock the door and like be safe and everything like that, um, I think it'll actually be easier mm-hmm. for us to podcast um, because I mean I know I uh, kind of get sick of driving to your house you know 40 minutes away um, to do this podcast sometimes. <laughs> Um, so I think I think it will be a lot easier to just you know okay cool we set a time you know 7 p.m. this night we're gonna record it and then I just call you up and, and we're into it mm-hmm. so um, I think that'll ultimately be a lot easier once things get going and that yeah. should allow for more consistency during the season. Now, well, and, and the hope is that during the season we're gonna do our previews and we're gonna do yeah, our, our recaps. recaps. Yeah. So that that hopefully won't change and obviously mm-hmm. that tr- will be based on your current your living situation yeah. and everything else and then also i mean like i'm gonna be working 
and and being back in college. Yeah. And, and this is all my upper division stuff. So And I'm a father of three working full time and yeah. managing yeah. all these fantasy leagues. So we yeah. we'll make it happen though. Definitely. So, um Yeah. Looking forward to the season. It's so be there awesome. is there is your outlook going forward. But um you know, we thank you for the support and we've been gaining uh, more and more listeners over the last, uh, you know, of course, we squandered an opportunity there by <laughs> disappearing for a month. But we appreciate you guys listening. Um, you know, again, if you're not following us on Twitter, you can hit me up at, at AJ underscore Artinger 41. Uh, you can hit Andrew up at AJ underscore Strickland 88. Um, we are doing tons of leagues. I'm sure you can find us on my fantasy league or Fanball for the best ball leagues. You'll definitely find me there. Um, probably going to hit up maybe a few more live drafts as we get towards August. I want to finish with around 20 best balls, and I'm at about 14 right now. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it uh, is an exciting time. I love fantasy football, and I love the season. I'm so excited to get some football going on, and uh, hopefully be able to watch it on consistent as well. So. For all of us here at the AA Football Podcast, hope you have a wonderful rest of the preseason, and we'll be back when we get back to you.